For I am crucified with Christ And yet I live Embrace the cross Where Jesus Welcome to Crossbound Ministries where we are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world, encouraging Christians and pointing sinners to the cross. Will you please pray about supporting our broadcast and ministry that gives us the ability to spread God's word. You can get involved by going to crossboundministry.com. Please welcome our preacher, Mike Sadler, as he brings us an important message from God's word. Embrace the love requires cling to the one 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 5 as we'll be at today 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 5 as the apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth and in this passage this is Paul's faithful witness amen Paul is a very faithful and was a very faithful witness And here he's writing to the church, disputing some false teachers. And he says, just put up with a little folly with me. If you listen to their foolishness, you definitely need to listen to me. I've given you the true word of the living God. And the Corinthians, this church, had allowed false teachers to be around them, had to come around them, and just quietly allowed it to happen. You know, if you quietly sit there and watch something bad happen, you're just about as guilty as the person that is doing it. And if you, that's what Paul's saying here. He's pointing it out. Why are you quietly allowing this to happen? But you don't want to put up with my foolishness. You don't want to hear from me. And I'm giving you the one true word of the living God. Amen. And Paul is pointing out their faults. And before you look down on them, uh, they got problems in their church at Corinth, and I promise you, you got problems at your church. You know why? Because that church has people in it. You know your church? It has people in it. And you know what people have? People have problems. And so that's why we need the Word of God to point us in the right direction. Amen? Thank God for that. So 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 5, the Bible says, For I suppose I was not a wit behind the very chiefest apostles. What does he mean I was not wit? I was not inferior, inferior to the chiefest apostles. I still believe that Paul is God's chosen 12th apostle. You know, after Judas went out and hung himself, the other one said, well, there was 12. We must pick one. And so they did pick one, but you never heard nothing about him again. But I believe that's just my opinion. I can't say hey go to the bible and it says this but the paul does say that he is an apostle and i believe that he is the god chosen apostle amen so paul is that he is not he's not at all inferior to any of the other apostles and you could look at this verse and know that peter this this verse can refute the idea that peter was the chief apostle because paul said i'm not behind any of them i'm not inferior to any of them, not any of the chiefest apostles. And many times we think they're apostles and we think, man, they're, they, uh, they, we put them up on a pedestal. But the truth is, if you read the word of God and some of the things that they said, even while Jesus was trying to teach them great and mighty and wonderful truths, 
In Luke chapter 9, verse 46, uh, the apostles started talking to each other, disciples, and there arose a reasoning among them, the Bible says. And Jesus knew he could perceive the thought that was in their heart. And he took a child, and he said this in Luke chapter 9, verse 48, and said unto them, Whosoever shall receive this, this child in my name receiveth me, and whosoever shall receiveth me, him, receiveth him that sent me. For he that is least among you, all the same shall be great. You know, we as adults, we complicate things, don't we? We can take something so, so simple and just complicate it all to pieces. And I like to use this expression. It's like me telling my child, my child asking me, Dad, why is the sky blue? And I say, well, son, that's because that's the way God made it. And he says, oh, okay. And he's very happy with that. But we want to know that all the science and the particulars and the white lights comes through the atmosphere and it separates into a blue and it makes the blue sky. We want to know all these things. And, you know, that's human nature for us. You do. You want to know how things work sometimes. But you get my point. We can complicate things and just take, instead of just taking God at what God says. Amen. The simple truths of God. And the Bible even says, Jesus said that, that the greatest, if you want to be get into heaven, you must become as a little child. Amen. That simple, childlike faith will forgive you of your sins and put your name and write your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. When you realize you're a sinner in need of a Savior and you repent of your sins and you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Paul goes on, he tells him in verse number six, but though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge, but we have been thoroughly made manifest among you in all things. Paul says, I be rude in speech. Why would people say you're rude sometimes? Well, because you know, here's why you told them the truth. Most of the time, people don't want to hear the truth. When you go to the doctor and the doctor says, you're eating too much, you're eating too much fast food or too much of this or too much of that, you don't really want to hear that, even though it's what you need to hear or what your spouse tells you, stop doing that, you're hurting yourself. You don't want to hear that, but you need to hear it. And many times, I believe that's what Paul is talking about here. He's told him the truth. He says, but though I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge. Why is he rude in speech? Because he's telling them the truth. He's telling them what they need to hear. Did he have untrained speech? I, I don't know. He went to a, a very prestigious school. He was uh, known as a Pharisee. And so it would be like us attending an Ivy League college, uh, if you will. But yet he was persecuting the true church of God. But listen to me, Paul was not deficient in the knowledge of God. And that's what matters. You can have all the worldly intellect, wisdom that you want, but it is nothing when it comes compared to godly wisdom. And Paul was full of godly wisdom. He said, I be rude in speech, yet not in knowledge. We get many great truths from the Apostle Paul. Amen. God used him to do great and mighty things. And this should have been obvious to the church at Corinth, to the Corinthians, because it was from the Apostle Paul that they received their knowledge of the Christian faith. Paul planted many churches. 
And so what, whatever Paul's deficiencies he had, whatever maybe he didn't have an elegance of speech about him, but you listen to me, his godly wisdom and knowledge and godly direction greatly made up for all of that. And maybe he wasn't. I love it how God loves to take people that the world would throw away and maybe even the church would throw away and say, really, they're nothing and they're nobody. And God do something great and mighty and amazing through them. You know that God loves to do that? People like D.L. Moody, who was nothing but a shoe salesman. But you look at what he did for the Lord because he was sold out, sold out to God. I so want to be that way. I so want to have my whole heart turned over to God. Sometimes I look in the mirror and I realize just how much of a problem I really am to my own self that when it comes to serving and being totally sold out for God. And that's one thing Paul tells the people too. He says, you're the problem. You got a heart problem. You need to fix that. And that still rings true for me. And here's, listen, it rings true to you. You know the person that's going to give you the most problem in this world? You look at them in the mirror every single day. That is the person that is going to give you the most trouble on the face of this planet. It's you and it's your own self and it's your own stubborn will. So we've got to learn to put that aside, put that down and pick up the knowledge of God and apply it and live it in our lives. Just like he said in the end of that verse, but we have been truly made manifest among you in all things so that what we as Christians can be made manifest to this world, that we can live out the Christian faith in front of them. And it's often been said that you're the only Bible that most people will ever read. They'll watch your life. They won't pick up God's word. They won't go to church, but they'll watch your life. And maybe it's to pick you apart. Now, hold on a second before you get offended about that. Maybe, maybe they just want to tear you apart and they want to watch and see if you do something wrong. They're just waiting on you to do something wrong. That's okay. You let them do that. And be proud that God is using you in their life because they're watching you. Your every move, your every word, your every action, and your every reaction to see if you are living the bona fide truth. If you really believe what you're saying. That's one, one preacher. I didn't realize this when I first started preaching. One preacher told me that. He said, people are not just looking at what you're saying and the way you're saying it. They're looking to see how much you believe what you're really saying. Amen. Thank God for that. When you, when you really believe it in your heart, like Paul's talking about here, made manifest, uh, you'll live it out in your life. You'll say a lot of things you think, but listen to me, you're going to live what you believe and people can and see that and we need to make manifest the truths of God to this world verse number seven second Corinthians chapter 11 verse number seven have I committed an offense in abasing myself that ye might be exalted because I have preached to you the gospel of God freely abasing what is he talking about there have I committed an offense in abasing myself have I made an offense by putting down myself, by lowering who I actually am, by saying that I'm nothing and I'm nobody and exalting the truth of the living God, lifting up the gospel? Like the Bible says, I must decrease, but he must increase. Amen. So if his unpolished speech was not the reason the Corinthians had taken such a negative attitude toward the apostle Paul, Maybe he's committed offense in humbling himself that they and God might be exalted. 
maybe they look, and some people do they will look down on you and say well you're just weak and they because they expect you to lash back they expect you to walk this planet like you're somebody and if you don't they look at you like you're a nobody but god looks at that and says i can use that person that's somebody i can greatly use when you get rid of self when you realize it's not about you, it's not about Michael Sadler, it's not about the preacher, it's not about the name of the ministry, it's all about the Lord Jesus Christ. When you put yourself aside and, and your name and your standards and what you have, and or not your standards, that was the wrong word, but when you put down your what the way you want people to see you and you pick up what God has for you and you're not worried about your reputation and what others think of you, then you're free to serve God. Amen. And so that's what Paul was talking about here. I'm abasing myself. I'm nothing and I'm nobody. It's all about the Lord Jesus Christ and God's holy word. That's what it's all about. And so when the apostle was with the Corinthians, um, you know this, he didn't receive financial assistance from them. He was taken from other churches. Now, not stealing. He tells us that in the next verse. Look at verse 8. I robbed other churches, taking wages of them to do you service. And when he says, I robbed churches, he don't mean he went in, he took the money for himself. He was. They sent him money to be a missionary. He was using what he had to help other churches, to help this church. And that's what he's saying. I'm taking funds from this church, but I'm really helping you. He doesn't mean he robbed it by putting it in his pocket and buying a new coat and a nice pair of shoes. No, he was serving God. He's saying that you aren't giving me what you're supposed to give me. A, a, a servant is, is worth his wage. Just like a pastor is worth getting paid. Amen. It's godly. You should get behind them and support them absolutely and it's the one that's the few out there it's the few that have given uh, a bad name the few but there's a bad few in every field there's a bad police officer there's a bad doctor there's a bad lawyer there's a bad judge there's a bad president there's there's a bad something in every single field and i'm here to tell you there's a few bad preachers and i loosely call them preachers they're more like highway robbers but Paul was not talking about that. Paul was talking about, I'm serving the one true living God. He said, I robbed other churches. I was taking wages of them, and I'm helping you with those wages. You're not giving me anything. He doesn't literally mean he robbed those churches, uh, of course. It simply means he was serving the Lord at Corinth with the financial assistance he received from other churches, that he's serving this church. And I'm sure the Apostle Paul did it gladly and did it willingly. But he is, in a way, letting them know letting them know that they should be, they should be given to God's work. And he was doing God's work as we, that's one thing I love about our church. They support a lot of missions as much as they possibly can. Praise God for that. Always starting a church somewhere in another country or, or something along those lines, supporting missionaries. Hey, every one of us should be doing that. We should be given to the work of God. We should be giving our tithes to God, to our local church. Amen. Praise God if you've given to Crossbound Ministry. I'm so thankful. But you make sure you tithe to your local church first. You're given to somebody that's given back to you, invested in you and your family. Not only that, it's biblical. It's the right thing to do. But we're thankful for those that have given and to help us spread the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much. Thank you for the church that has supported us. And so Paul here, he's saying, hey, I'm out doing God's work and you should be supporting me. Verse number nine. And when I was present with you and wanted, I was chargeable to no man. 
For that which was lacking to me, the brethren which came from Macedonia supplied, and in all things I have kept myself from being burdensome unto you, and so will I keep myself. Paul had kept himself from being a burden to them. See, there were many false teachers in that day, and what did false teachers want? They want money. They absolutely do. Oh, they may want prestige and respect and all that, but they definitely am first and foremost want that money and there was many in that day and paul was also letting them know that that hey i'm really serving god i'm not out to take your money i'm not out to take your your dollar bills there were times during his stay at corinth when the apostle paul was actually in need and he did make known that the need to the corinthians to that church that i did need some help but some here, like in this verse, some, mass, some brothers from Macedonia supplied the materials that the Apostle Paul was lacking. And that's exactly what he said, which came from Macedonia, supplied it in all things. So in every way possible, the Apostle kept himself from being a burden. He was showing them that I'm serving God. I'm not out to take your money. Although he did tell them no in the last verse that they should be supporting God's work. But like I said, there were many false teachers in that day. And that's what Paul is refuting this whole chapter of what is right in the church. The way that they should be serving God. The way that they conduct themselves. And which is a lot of the New Testament. All the New Testament tells you to be saved. But it also tells a Christian how they ought to live. In many, many chapters and many, many verses. And it's a lifelong battle, ladies and gentlemen. You will struggle with it till the day that you die, till the very last day you're on this earth, and you may struggle with it on the last day. It's easy to stand up and say what's right. It's easy to stand up and preach. It's easy to stand up and quote something. The hard part is living it out. The hard part is making the change in your heart. The hard part is making the change in your life. Amen? But that's where the application is. You can have things that sound good, you know are good, and they're good for you. But when you don't do anything with them, and you don't actually apply it to you and say, you know what, I'm going to make a conscious decision about this. And I want to encourage you to do this. Make a list. Make a list of things you need to change about yourself. And also make a list of where you're spending your time. Because where you spend your time is what you really care about. Amen. Now, if you're like me, I have a full time job. I have to work, but that's to support my family. And hey, that's what God said, that if a man doesn't support his family, he's worse than an infidel. So I know that my first ministry is to my family. After that, God has called me to preach on the radio. Amen. And so sit down, make that list of things I need to change about myself. Where am I spending my time? And that's a hard list to make, and it's hard to read. It'll be hard to read back. If you're honest when you write it down, it'll be really hard for you to write back to yourself, to read it back to yourself. But I tell you what, it'll be the best thing for you. You don't have to share it with nobody if you don't want to, or if you want to share it with your spouse, or maybe you do want to share it with some people. Because there's something about when we show our scars, ladies and gentlemen, I don't fully understand it, but there's something about when we show our scars to others, we hate to, we don't want them to see it we'll think they'll look down on us or put or you know 
have a different outlook or different view on us. And so we don't really want to show our weakness and we don't want to show our scars. But in some strange way, when we do, it gives other people hope and it shows them that you are just as real as they are. And it also makes you transparent, which makes you feel better. And so that whole thing the devil does about cover everything up that's bad, that's a devil's lie. You hear me? If people look down on you, it's because their own heart is not right. That's right, I said that. If they look down on their they look down on you or they, they talk bad about you, it's because there's something wrong in their own heart between them and God. Because Adam and Eve were in the garden, they had the perfect life, but yet they still sinned. They still messed up. They didn't just scar themselves, they scarred the whole earth and everybody who was ever born. But God still loved them. God still sent Jesus down the cross for them. Just as much as he sent Jesus down the cross for you. Don't you let nobody look down on you. God's not looking down on you. God loves you. Amen. I'm so thankful for that. I'm so thankful for the second chances, the third chances that God has given me. His mercies are new every day, the Bible says. All right, let's get off that rabbit trail and back to the word of God. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 10. As the truth of Christ is in me, no Man shall stop me of this boasting in the regions of Achaia. Achaia. Paul was determined that no one will rob him of the grounds of the blessings of boasting about how good God is. And listen to me. Don't let nobody stop you about boasting how good God is in your life. Amen. Paul said, no man, no man shall stop me. I love that. Listen to me. When it's from God and God wants you to do it, or God's making the way, or if God's shutting the door, I love to say this. When God lifts you up, no man can hold you down. When God shuts the door, no man can open it. When God opens the door, no man can shut it. God is in control. And Paul says here, I'm going to give God the glory. No man's going to stop me from boasting about my Savior, about the Lord Jesus Christ, about God Almighty, and what He can do in your life. And we should be the same way. What, what a great example. Don't let no man stop you from boasting about, not about yourself, not about what you've even done, but about what God has done and about what God can do for them. Amen. About the forgiveness that he's shown us, about how much he loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Amen. I thank God for that. Verse number 11. Wherefore, question mark, because I love you not, God knoweth. Why will he boast like this? Because he doesn't love the Corinthians? No, he does. God knows his heart. God knows the deepest desires, and that's what he's saying here. Wherefore, because I love you not, question mark? He's asking them, because what, you don't think I love you? And he says, God knoweth. Yeah, God knows. He, in other words, God knows my heart. See, Eve, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. When you're doing what God wants you to do, if people don't realize that, if they don't see it, that's okay. They may look at you and think, that person's crazy. What do they think they're doing? And they think God called them to do that? But listen, if God called you to do it, it doesn't matter what people think. It doesn't matter how crazy they think you are. It doesn't matter 
what their opinion is. You know, he, like he said, God knoweth, and that's all that matters in the end. And the truth is, they may think you're crazy for a time, but sooner or later, if God calls you to do it, and God makes the way, they will see it, and they will even get behind you and support you. Amen? You keep on doing what God called you to do, just like he says here, God knoweth. You don't need anybody else's approval or anybody else's opinion. If you know God called you to do it, hey, you charge forward like a bull in a red barrel. You get after serving the Lord. He says, God knoweth. And God knows your heart. Amen. Let's get busy serving. Let's get busy loving. Let's get busy, busy doing his work. Amen. Pray you have been blessed by today's message. If you have been saved or are in need of a prayer, please contact us at 352-247-9200. That's 352-247-9200. Thank you for tuning in to Crossbound Ministries radio broadcast. Will you please pray about supporting our ministry and broadcast? You can go to crossboundministry.com or send your support or a gift to P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. That's P.O. Box 7, Inverness, Florida, 34451. For a gift of $10 or more, we will send you a booklet. Please pray for us as our ministry and radio broadcast grows. Tune in every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. to hear a message from our preacher, Mike Sadler. You can follow Crossbound Ministry on Facebook, YouTube, and visit us on the web at crossboundministry.com. If you are a pregnant woman in need of help, there is hope. You can reach out to the Citrus Pregnancy Center. There are locations in Inverness and in Crystal River. Their phone number is 352-341-5176. That's 352-341-5176. This broadcast has been sponsored in part by Henley's Grading Incorporated for all your land clearing and hauling needs located in Hernando, Florida, 352-897-3507. That's 352-897-3507. This program is sponsored by Crossbound Ministry of Inverness, Florida.